Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 806. This is the, apparently the Oklahoma Panhandle edition of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined today by the Fu Manchu. Uh, Christian, Christian, you got the wrong panhandle. It's a Texas panhandle. Oh. It's a Texas panhandle, and Tyler thinks that you can vast to Oklahoma, not, not vice versa. Oh, yeah, they can have it. That's fine. Everyone's got a panhandle. Okay. Do they? Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a hot take. Does everything have a panhandle? <laughs> Okay, see, I has got a panhandle. <laughs> I don't know. It's got the eastern shore. People forget about that part of the state. This is the this is brought to you by the Nude Balance 806, the classic dad shoes. Um, a lot of people didn't realize that. More than the Texas panhandle, 806 is the number of the classic white New Balance shoes. I'm sure it won't be long before JD is ironically wearing them, as he is wont to do. <laughs> ben is back. Back from the wilderness. Back. His wilderness oh, yeah. adventure. Um did you connect with Mother Nature? Um, yeah, it was good. It was really good. I, it's something you know. What I I think this is. I think everyone should kind of try to do it once. I think it was badass. I don't know that I'd go again because it feels oh. like it could be really repetitive to do it the second time. But I thought it was it was it was really cool. So we flew into Vegas. Um, you take a baby plane into this uh, ranch, like in the middle of nowhere. Um, and then you take a helicopter into the canyon. And then you wrap for a couple days. And at the end, you take a school bus because it's a dirt road because the coach bus is the only drive down there. And then you take the coach bus back to Vegas. So many modes of transportation. Wow. Oh, I forgot one. When you get to the end of the river, then the river's boring. So then they put you on a speedboat to get done with that fast. Nice. Wow. Man, yeah, right? that's so many modes of transportation. You know, here's <laughs> my real. thing about the, the modes. The ones that would make me nervous are, are the, the little planes make me nervous. Did you see oh, one it was so bad. I almost puked. It was one bad. literally yeah. crashed into Lady Bird Lake, the, the river right next to HQ, like on Friday. A Why? little boat. A Why? little boat. Oh, a little boat. Uh, a little plane. Right in there. Because they're unreliable things. They're, they're dangerous. Allegedly. One engine. Done. Could have been the pilot. You have no idea. They got John Denver. They can get anyone. <laughs> okay? These planes are not safe. I... I had I known you were going to be doing that, Ben, I would have advised you against it. So you got Barfy on it? Uh, yeah, and I never, I never do. But like three people puked, and it was, it was a super windy day, so it was like, you know, that one of those gimmicks. Yeah, uh, and we were on there for forty minutes. It was, it was rough. Yes. Um, yeah, I get very motion sickness, so I would have definitely puked. It would have yeah. 
But how was the helicopter? Had you been in a helicopter before? I've never one time, been. only one time, and uh, yeah, it was it was awesome because you know, dived you down into the canyon. It's Man. really sure it was like a six minute ride or something from the ranch to the bottom of the canyon. Wow, yeah, that's that's pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Glad you're back. Um, how much were you thinking about wrestling during this time, or did you have to focus on your own survival? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it wasn't super dangerous. They kind of, I don't want to say they kind of pamper you. One thing I thought the food would be like very like man, it's average. We're on a freaking raft in the Grand Canyon, and they're cooking over like uh, some camping equipment. You know, like how good could it be? They freaking killed it on the food. Really? So yeah, it was so good. Well, yes. Well, good. Um, what are we talking? But, what kind? Uh, of- well, let's see. So they made they made steaks the one night, but then the breakfast they had like I don't eat the bacon, but uh, they had bacon, hash browns, eggs. The hash browns were how you transporting eggs on a a whitewater rafting trip without breaking them? Just keep them on ice. The pilot here, it's doable. I'll tell you. So it was like it was five big long rafts, right? And they tied them together to make a a rectangular object, JD. Okay, and then there's two sections that have like big large metal things on them, and I'm sure that's probably where they store the. The things I'm guessing. Ashlyn from the from the Facebook chat said we th- he thought you got a third job with the state of crypto. Oh and God! Oh, I, oh, I, when I got up the river, so I couldn't look at my phone for like four days. You know, I got the my ah yeah, I'm freaking poor. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's going to keep Ben on the show long term. Is uh, is 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 the crypto price? Uh, uh, for- yeah, you know I'm depressed in myself. I will. I'll tell you what I'm depressed in. I am depressed. I've hit the, the top kind of three times. So I bought it on the ride up in 2017. Mm-hmm. Didn't sell shit. And then, you know, it went down. We went from 20 to 3,000. So, guys, I, you know, I'm, that was terrible. <laughs> so I'm used to terrible. And then, but that was one. Okay, I got fooled once. Whatever. I'm good. And then, obviously, we had to run up in April and sell nothing. Right. And yeah. then we had to bot down. We had the bottom again, right? And I didn't sell nothing again. And I'm like, dude, what kind of idiot gets fooled three times? This is where this is where I get mad at my wrestlers. Like that dude got that move on you three times. So you, <laughs> so so you re- wow. I I never have heard. Uh, I've never heard you speak so candidly about. It. So you do feel like you got fooled. Well, um, here's the thing, and you know, and it's funny because I have I had specific podcasts where I said to do this exact thing. And I didn't take my own advice. It's like, listen, I have no doubt about what Bitcoin is going to be in 10 years, but it's going to have ups and downs until then, right? So if I would have sold at 70, I could have bought three and a half Bitcoin for the one I sold at 70, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I had uh, my my one uh, old co-host, um, Jason, was like, don't ever sell anything. I'm like, that's freaking stupid, Jason. Like, you know, if, if it goes up, it changes your life. Sell some of it, right? Not all of it. Sell some of it. You know, pay for your house, do something like that, and then buy some more when it goes down, right? That seems like a reasonable tactic because if we know things are going up and down, it's like what I talk about wrestling too. If you can predict the action, it's easy to win. Yes. If you know what's going to happen, it's easy to win. And it's like we've been in this. We know what's going to happen. We know it's going to go up. We know it's going to go down, and you know people are going to panic. And then yeah. I didn't take my own advice, so I feel like an idiot. Well. Fortunately, you're not an idiot. You are actually a very smart guy. So in that case, I'm an idiot though, because I know I already I knew what's gonna happen, and I I didn't uh, I didn't take my advice. I'm sure it'll go back up, but I'll just be poor for a couple more years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Damn it. It's okay, Ben. Um, All right. So 
We they news dumped us on Thursday, as they Who's always do. They love to news dump us. I literally think they hit publish when FRL ends because they don't want us to have. But it, what it does is it gives us a good week of content to discuss. And there's some new rules, and they're big ones, in, in my opinion. And the obvious one, yeah. the the kind of the headline of the rule changes is that true freshmen can wrestle attached in up to five events and not lose their eligibility for that year. So they can preserve that red shirt while still wrestling attached five times. So this would mean um, true freshmen, you think like last year, could have seen Patrick Kennedy some. You could have seen uh, a variety of other um, true freshmen. Would we have seen Facundo get thrown out there a couple times? Or, or a Van Ness if in the uh, 157 kind of revolving door. What, what I'm excited about is, well, there's a couple, but in a big dual meet, do you throw in that true freshman to give you a little edge, or how does that tie into the gamesmanship of trying to win a duel? And I hope it, it gets utilized in that way because that would be exciting. But more than anything, you can get to see these guys get early opportunities. You could enter a true freshman in Cliff Keen, Las Vegas, see how he does, and if he's, okay, he's not ready, no penalty, yep. no problem. Um it also is just going to help overall duels uh, because you're not going to have to throw in a a a backup that's just not you know a, really a D1 wrestler if you have a really high quality true freshman there. So you're going to keep it's going to keep the overall quality of duels high. There's a lot exciting about it, and for you know if you're looking at the screen right now, you're looking at this guy Nick Buzakis, and you're thinking about Ohio State. Man, you get five freebies with this true freshman class without even having to worry: Are they ready? Aren't they ready? that ultimate kind of roll of the dice, you're not going to have to have that to as high of a degree now because you're going to have to use these guys five different times. Well, uh, can I push back? Okay, listen, I, I, I love it. But to push back a little bit, the, the other rule that kind of um, balances out is that the true freshmen, true freshmen specifically, not red shirts, true freshmen can only wrestle in five events before the second semester. And so they, while they can be varsity events, they will be limited from doing like a whole bunch of opens, which is somewhere that they could have got looks before. Well, potentially, is that the rule? they cannot yeah, compete said, unattached. Sure. It's unattached, Ben. They well, have they to compete, compete attached. Un- Correct. So, so it's a limit to five. So if, yes. if they can't compete unattached, then all five count towards this number. Yes, correct. So if they compete four times in four opens for a semester, they could only compete in one duel, second semester or tournament or whatever. Not second semester, first semester, right? First semester, yeah. So the the trick would be, I think, actually to wrestle them uh, unattached in their events in the first semester. No, true freshmen, they can't. They cannot be unattached in the first semester. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so then, then yeah, it does, it does negative effect because then the freshmen only get five outings, and you know where I got a lot of, ma- you know, I got forty-seven matches or something like that, and uh, which is excessive, obviously. But some of these dudes will get thirty matches in the open season. But so now, if they're going to waste them on duels, they're only going to get right. If you do three duels, that's only three matches. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That is true. I would say. Or will teams shift their unattached their shift their open term as the second semester would that be a possible just look at the trends in wrestling though and scheduling these guys yeah. no one's wrestling i mean how many but if you wrestle in two opens first semester you can only do three duels second semester yes on yeah if you're not going to be the varsity guy correct 
This is this is for someone that's not going to be the varsity guy that you're trying to. That's if you're trying to preserve the redshirt down down the line. Yes, you could wrestle these guys on if you're going to wrestle them. If they're going to be your starter, you can wrestle them as many times the, as the, the whole season, right? Yeah. So there's nothing prohibiting that. So I I think it really only impacts the the true freshman first semester, which the idea. I mean, and and what is happening there, and what you know, you may not realize is. These kids are literally true freshmen. They can't, if they're unattached, they can't travel with the team. They have to book their own travel. They have to figure all that out. They have to pay yeah. their entry fee. So now you're sending, you know, a car full of 18-year-olds on the road. If anyone knows anything about what that's like. Oh, <laughs> now you sound like a grandpa. That's fun. Grandpa it's files. fun, but it's it's scary. I mean, talk to coaches. It's like, man, these kids are... Um, and also think about the dynamic of a lot of these kids. Their parents have been doing everything for them forever, right? Yeah. That's the they nature. need to grow up, be adults. They need, they do need to grow up. But are they ready? Are they ready to go from no, from complete oversight to none whatsoever? I don't know. Well, I would venture. I would venture that their parents should give them a little more freedom in their. Well, yes, years. they should. My, but that doesn't mean that that's Chuck the reality. Let I talk to him, dude. I want to. I'll tell you two things. I talk my dad into. Um, and, and now looking back, I'm like, you know, um, either they were crazy, which he may be a little crazy, or um, he saw it as my adult development. Number one, when I was in sophomore year, they let me go by myself to the Olympic trials in Dallas on a plane. And then I stayed in my own hotel room and do whatever the hell I wanted. USA Wrestling had a camp, and they were supposed to, like, watch us. They didn't watch shit. Like, we just did whatever we wanted the whole week. It was really great. I loved it. Now, I was responsible. I didn't do anything bad, but I very easily could have done bad things. Yeah. Um, not good. <laughs> you know, right? You got to grow up sometime, Christian. And then the next year, uh, when All-American finally I got invited to the Olympic Training Center, and I convinced Matt Pell to go with me. And my parents let me and Matt drive 19 hours in his minivan uh, all the way to Colorado Springs. It was really great. That's awesome. We made a, a show us your boob sign. We saw like seven <laughs> boobs. It was oh awesome. Seven. So someone had a one situation. <laughs> no, I mean seven, seven sets. Sorry. Seven sets. Seven well, that's sets. a huge yes. distinction. Now we're up to fourteen, just like that. Oh, uh, we were seventeen. We had so much freaking fun. I, I recommend everyone take a, a long road trip with their friends in their teenage, early twenties years. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them, JD. I've yeah. done it. I've done it. You gotta. I, I think you gotta know your kid too. It's like you know, Ben. You're probably fairly responsible kid for your age, I guess. Maybe yeah. less susceptible to some of the peer pressure. I, I can was see. less susceptible. Yeah, that's, that's I could true. definitely but, see. I mean, Caleb's more responsible than me in a lot of respects. So I could definitely <laughs> see uh, let, letting him in in seven years. I think he'd be ready to do something like that. There you go. Um, yeah. So I think let these let these. I, I don't mind the freshman going un, uh, unattached. I think I feel like you kind of built that up to be a little more than it was. Like be, going online and reg, I mean they don't even like twenty years ago you would have had to send it in the mail. Now you just got to freaking go online and click a couple buttons and then. Well, it's show just up. a pain. You don't have to pay for it all and stuff like that. It's kind of annoying. I heard um, I heard a few people went bankrupt registering for open tournaments. Well. You travel. Listen, Ben. One percent or Ben doesn't understand the financial constraint. I'm talking. I'm not telling the fly to Las Vegas to go to tournament there. I'm telling like uh, if you're in Cedar Rap or if you're in Iowa City going to the Co College Open or freaking Hawkeye Open. Uh, sorry, Cyclone Open or the Loras Open. Those are like twelve dollars in gas and. Uh, $25 not anymore. Not anymore. It's not twelve dollars. Well, I can't. I can't. 
Listen, I can See, take responsibility for that. He's damn disconnected. He doesn't even understand the, con the the constraints of inflation and what they're doing to America. Ben. <laughs> um, listen, I didn't make it. It's not All the right. biggest deal. It's just eight. It's just Back eight. On task. Yeah, I'm I trying. Inflation, gas prices. I think the biggest thing and the thing I don't understand the most is the 2.0. Uh, or no, is the twenty percent scholarship? I don't understand that. I um, think I think I actually know why, and that's actually unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate, but please proceed. Um, well, Missouri had this huge advantage, so maybe people are upset about it because um, in the SEC specifically, Missouri being the only SEC school, although I believe Oklahoma is going to the SEC. Someone told me that. I don't pay attention to regular sports, only wrestling, but. Um, in SEC, they passed that rule where if the athlete gets good grades, they can give them more money. So mm -hmm. it was, I think it's a 3.0, they get 2,000 per semester. 3.5, they get 2,500 per semester. And a 4.0, they get $3,000 per semester. If the kid's on scholarship. So like Missouri could put someone on a 5% scholarship, but if they got good grades, they get an extra six grand in money. You know, yep. And so for an in-state kid, uh, out of state, that's probably not. I, I think Mizzou's like forty out of state, but for in-state kid, I think it's like twenty. So another six grand is a large chunk of a scholarship. So maybe trying to prevent schools from getting a lot of kids on that type of thing. Why would that be something you want to prevent? <laughs> Doesn't make um, sense because it seems like an unfair advantage, and that people don't like that. Maybe. Yeah, baseball they actually do twenty-five percent, and I think somebody told me it has something to do with like graduation rates um this is supposed to help with i don't know exactly but it's it's a mystery to me as well but. yeah i mean i think man for a lot of these the you got to remember the uh, the limitations 9.9 .9 total scholarships among a, a roster of 30 to 40 call it given the average roster size and you, you have some kids that that perform and there are walk-ons and you want to throw them a little money um, now it's like, now it's gotta be 20%, which is really significant. So I Are you think so uh, hold on, let me, let's talk about this. Don't call me 1% or Ben. Okay. Uh, give we'll me what's the cost. Uh, let's say Mizzou, Mizzou, 40 grand, I believe out of state. Uh-huh. Okay. So if you were to get a 20% scholarship, you'd get eight grand. Uh -huh. If you got a 10% scholarship, it's four grand. Right. Uh -huh. So, I mean. I don't want to break it up too many ways, but you have zero, 10, and 20. So if you get 20%, that that's permissible now, right? You get eight grand. If you were going to get, say, a 10% scholarship at $4,000, um, and you're still paying 36, so you're still paying 90% of that, and now you're prohibited, um, don't you think it's more likely that a coach would just, if they really want the kid, they, they would bump the kid up to 20, um, then take him down to zero? And then maybe a few of those guys who are at 90s get taken out of 80s. I feel like that's way more likely. Um, maybe I don't know. Um, I I think the general consensus along a lot among a lot of the coaches is that this is going to limit how much money they're able to give out to how widely they're going to be able to disperse their money, and they don't like it. Um, and I think you also have to factor in it's not just the um, the athletic scholarship, they're piecing things together with financial aid and academic yeah. aid and all things together. So 10% plus five grand here for good grades and then a little financial yeah. aid, et cetera. 
it can turn into a pretty nice thing all with the less than 20% base of uh, athletic compensation. So uh, I don't think it's good. I don't understand the benefit of it. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I would like to hear what their, uh, the NCAA's interpretation is. That was my guess. I, I, you know, I guess I don't really care either way, whether it's uh, 20 or above or less than 20. Um, it does seem weird. Like when you start nickel and diamond though, five, seven, eight, it just doesn't feel like enough money to be that impactful, um, at that level. And then it feels like, you know, if you had a kid who was at 10 and you really want to give him a 20, um, to make sure he gets an actually good scholarship, it wouldn't be that hard to find like, Hey, Christian's at 95% and JD's at 95%. I'm going to take 5% back from both of them. Right. And put them at 90 and get this kid to 20. Cause I really want this kid. You can't Something just drop someone's aid like that. Bro. I understand. I'm, I'm saying like theoretically doing the math, moving forward, what I'm giving scholarships to so say, we're all recruits in the same class. And you're going to be 95, 95, 10, right? I could go 90, 90, 20 type thing. And Obviously, you guys are still paying almost nothing, and I got my scholarship. First off, JD and I are package deal, and we will come for nothing less than a full ride. So <laughs> show up. Uh, that's funny. We're, we're walking. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think um, I think there's uh, some parents who have super huge egos, and they really, really badly want to say, my kid got a full scholarship. Um but man, once you start getting over, say like 70% of a scholarship, um, because then also lots of wrestlers take five years, so they don't take the full 15 credits, which most scholarships are based on, mm -hmm. you're not paying much for college. Once you get over that like 70% mark, like maybe in the deal. IVs, I guess, but they don't have scholarships, so it's not worth discussing them. But at regular like state schools, once you're starting getting 70% over, you're not paying that much for college. I would love to know... I wish the NCAA could just do this. And maybe they have. If they have, I haven't seen it. But I don't even I don't need to know who. I don't know want to know which teams, but how many in wrestling total full athletic scholarships are actually given out? Mm. I bet it's I, I bet it's a number that is really that is so small it would stun a lot of wrestling fans. I th I would agree with you on that one. I, I think it's small. Um I wanna say where the hell was it? I feel like I let's say maybe Adam Fellers actually. Had a number of, and I don't know how they got this number, but average number of scholarships per year per teams. And and remember, Penn State was really small. So if say like Iowa averaged twenty four kids on scholarship per year, Penn State was like fourteen or something. You know what yeah. I'm saying? On any type of uh, money. And I remember how did he get that? It. What? I, I maybe I'm making maybe I'm making up my source potentially. Um, I mean, I just he, don't know had, how you get that information. I don't remember how, if it was him or someone else, I don't remember how they got it either. But I remember thinking that makes sense why some of Penn State's backups really suck because, and it, may, it may also makes sense when you think about their recruiting strategy is they like really focus on just getting a handful of kids, right, with almost full rides. And that's, you know, that's obviously one way in addition to them being really outstanding that they get the very, very best kids. Yeah. What do you think? Well, for for sure, I think that's been a a thing that they kind of really load up on the high level recruits. But then again, they get a lot of guys. You know, Max Dean. The you know, I don't know what he came for, but the rumors were there was not like a ton of money available for him. He just wanted to go to Penn State and wrestle there. So you get a yeah. little bit of that as well. And I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. Sure. I'm not saying I know what kind of money Max Dean is on, but um, you know, he's there.
Yeah. There have been other stories um, of people going there because they can basically afford to pay for their school so they get the their pickup where they want to go. Yeah, and that helps too. Yeah, and they say, well, um, do, you, do you want a couple extra thousand dollars of scholarship or do you want to come here and be a national champion? Yeah. Should also be noted, um, you can't just take away somebody's financial aid once it is given without... Do you mean scholarship or financial aid? Scholarship. Yeah. Or athletic scholarship yeah. without them breaking they have rules. To do, yeah. They got to bad grades, get in trouble, something like you that. You can't just be like, eh, you yeah, you're not wrestling well enough, and I want this guy to have 10% more, so give me 10% of yours. Yeah. Hey, ben you know dis- ben one, disagrees one. that they can't do that, though. I remember I said that uh, on the show. Well, yeah, they weeks. do it. Don't get me. Don't, I don't want to get fired up this morning, Christian. I really don't want to. They do it. They do it. Ben was so tranquil from his time connected with the, his earth Listen, mother. We, I'm going to start calling you naive piles because if you want to think college coaches aren't doing that, you are so naive. So I, I don't want to get fired up. I am a naive so person, thing- but I also believe that they do coerce these guys to, to do it. I think some programs, I bet that I don't think it happens everywhere. Not ever, I wouldn't say everywhere. I wouldn't say everywhere. Yeah. It definitely happens. Um, uh, one thing you didn't say kind of in the beginning about the the five meet thing or the five uh, event where the, the true freshman wrestled, I think is really important is there are a bunch of schools with roster caps. Say like mm-hmm. Northwestern is probably the most notable. Yeah. And for duels, right, for the dual purpose of not forfeiting or putting your best lineup out there, I mean, it would be really cool to see a program like that be able to throw some guys in there. Because we've said in, in previous yeah. times, oh, they have uh, someone who's terrible or they're forfeiting this weight class. It would be really nice if they could put this guy in there because he's redshirting. Yes. That's going to be awesome. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this. I mean – Think of all the dual meets where we're going to go into it being like, or they could. Like, it's always the straightforward lineup, but now it's going to be like, well, will they? Maybe we'll see Mendez yeah. here get thrown at there. Um, it'll be it'll be a fun dynamic. Do you like yeah. the five hard and set, or are you however many? Throw them out. I think five years, five four postseasons. Yeah, I uh, what what would be the negative to it being eight or ten? Is my question. That's like the whole season. Like, yeah. why? What's the difference between what's the difference between a regular season and that? I mean, that's some of these dudes don't wrestle in ten events. For sure, they don't. Um, so, yeah. what's the negative to? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The entire. Well, I, say, I mean, if we're gonna do that, season, why don't we give them five seasons? What's that? If if they if if, if they can wrestle in ten, which is. 10 is essentially as many as you want at the, at the individual level. I agree. Um, I mean, like two tournaments and eight duels, like that's that's about as much as a lot of these dudes wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if we're going to go ahead and do that, then why don't we just let them wrestle a fifth season? You know, honestly, uh, I started th- the, the day I read these rules, I was thinking about it like, and I don't, I don't know that because obviously I really, I, I love my red shirt. I got so much better in my red shirt year, and I'm very thankful I didn't wrestle as a true freshman. But part of me was like, who made up this red shirt gimmick? Why is it even a thing? You go to college for four years, and you're done. Like you get four seasons, you get four years of college, and then you're done. That. Like that's how it should be, you know? Yeah, that was a not... lot. That was I was thinking that. Yeah, it is sort of a weird thing that is a part of the sport for. Well, for most teams, it's not, you know, Ivies don't, they, they have their workarounds, yeah. but you can't be there for five years. Um, 
Yeah, I don't understand yeah. it. I wouldn't mind if it if it became. I love. I think what I like about it is is nothing related to the student athlete experience. It's just the sort of the money ball aspect of it. I you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the oh the red shirt and playing oh, yeah. with the roster and stuff. I like that aspect of it. But as far as like why, I'm not even sure where. It, yeah. it, where and it came kids from. obviously get they obviously get better right in that first year. I mean, I got so much better. I guess, I guess there's certain people who don't, but yeah, mm -hmm. for a lot of the kids, it is, it's a year they're going to have significant amount of improvement, especially if they're young. I graduated high school at 17. And so for that, that year of physical development is huge. Um, but yeah, but I mean, when I was reading these rules, I'm like, why do we have the red shirt? It's kind of silly. Like they should just go, you graduate high school, Unless you go to the military or don't enroll, you get four years of eligibility, and then boom, you're done. Yeah. Doris used to be back in, like, the 60s or whatever when they couldn't retro, but they just didn't allow freshmen to compete. Yeah, that makes no <laughs> sense. Yeah, that, that was, was weird. Really weird thing. That's why Dan Gable's a two-time national champion. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so the other thing that is going to be a thing, but I think it's good. I mean, you really can't complain about this, even if you don't think it's good. Like, yeah. if you complain that a minimum GPA of 2.0 is like, that's too high. I mean, it's like, all right, come on, dude. Well, uh, the other thing there, Christian, is they're not going to really have a um, – that would only be second semester, right? Because they're not going to actually have a GPA. Well, You're I want to give them an interim GPA. It's yeah. only going to be the final GPA, correct? Correct. That's how they always so it doesn't it affect first semester. Well, yeah. well, hold on. If you Just like if you flunk out, like if you flunk a class, it affects your next semester. Yeah. Right, so if in the fall semester you have a one eight, correct second you semester you're out second semester. Yes, that would be yeah. bad. Which but, you could just do they, they do the gimmick where if you're doing really bad they drop the classes, but you do have to stay enrolled in. I think a minimum of like six credits you have to be enrolled in or something. There's a there's a minimum where like you know semester starts. JD like can't do the physics or something. He's like, oh yeah, I was gonna be a rocket scientist. I can't do that anymore. And he's getting an F minus. He can like drop the class and doesn't count against his GPA. Yes, that's a quality gimmick there. Um, I I think this is actually. I was talking with someone. They're like, "This is gonna be a thing. There's gonna be kids that are that are ineligible." Especially first, if you're talking about true freshmen too. A lot of true freshmen not the best at the whole school. Yeah, yeah. I thought there was already a minimum GPA requirement. There, there like... are, there is stuff. I mean, that, to keep them eligible, but I don't think there's ever, there's not been. I think it maybe it just wasn't completely uniform across the board what the really rule was, or. I, I feel like it. I feel, uh, man, it's been so long. It's been 15 years since I've been in college. But I feel like it was. I feel like it was a one nine or two point to be eligible. I think so. I, I think I there's multiple. I think you had to do that. I think you had to be enrolled in a certain amount of credits. I think you had to have a minimum um, portion of your degree requirement done. Like you had to be making progress towards. So you can't be taking phony classes. Good. Like you, Correct. they have yep. to be going toward because, like, by your junior year, you like have to have a major. Yes. Yep. And and you have to have a certain portion of that done to remain eligible. Yes. Yeah. Student athlete radio live here. Um, <laughs> well, I'm assuming it, it's it's a change because it is. They they said it's 2.0 now, which would imply it wasn't before. So I'm not sure exactly what it was before, Weird. but you can't really be mad at it. And I think it yeah. is a little more restrictive uh, in terms of I do I do think it requires more academic rigor than the previous rule. I think it ups the academic standard. I don't know what the shift is exactly, 
But was the 2.0 just for the true freshmen? No, across the board. No, it's all student athletes. It says that in the because I looked that up too, and it literally had the word all. So that's that. Um, so those are I, I no, we like the is, rule changes. Yeah, this is student athletes must earn a 2.0 cumulative each year. This was uh, from 2021. So I don't yeah. know what the change is. I'm gonna try to find that. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, I'm, I'm kind of. This one says 2.3, but I don't think that can be. This one's from NCAA.org. You need to stay eligible. It says 2.3. I don't think. And our 2.3 in your core courses. Yeah. That must be a high school grade, though, then. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, look, algebra one. Oh, here are, one this, is, this, this one is, says uh, 1.8. That's where I was, I was thinking 1.9. Um, but this one says 1.8 that I'm looking at right now. Wow, that's a high standard. <laughs> yeah, all right. Here. By the start, okay, here I got I got this is the exact rule here. I found it. By the start of your sophomore year, you must have uh cumulative one point eight. So the freshman had no rules on them, and you must have completed thirty-six credits. So that was the minimum degree requirement. Um and the sophomore year, you have to declare a major, you start junior year, one point nine GPA, and you've completed seventy-two units, which is forty percent of your total degree requirement. By the start of your Senior year, you must have a 2.0 and completed 60%. By the start of your fifth year, 2.0 and 80%. So the last two years were at 2.0. The previous two were 1.9 and 1.8. Gotcha. The freshmen had no, no rules. So they are making the freshmen. I, you know, I would, I bet a bunch of dudes are going to do. They're going to make the freshmen come to summer school, take some bum classes so they get a 4.0 in that, um, you know, to start out with. And that way, if they don't do good in a few first semester classes, they're still above the 2.0. Mm-hmm. Tyler hit me with some NCAA research. Wrestling first-year students average a 2.87. Whoa. This was in 2019. Man, how about skiing? Bunch of nerds. The only sports wrestling beat was basketball and football. Shout out. You know, but wrestling Wait, what? has the – What is this? First-year GPAs. Skiing, get this ski. There, there, there's like four ski programs. There's four That's skiers, and they're all nerds. Yes. It is funny that here. women averaged a 3.3 and men averaged a 2.9. Gosh. <laughs> it's, it's not surprising. Yeah, that, you know, the, the the college academic system skewed towards women. It's sexist. We should change it. We need to have uh, gender-specific grades, which are curved specifically to us, J.D. Us males need a little help because we can't get the good GPAs. <laughs> Wow. Let's skew them. This is like affirmative action for GPAs. That's right. right. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> Why not, Christian? You don't want to give me a that, little help? Is that actually true? That's what JD says. Well, I think that's what you said. I don't know. I I just, yeah. In that was what school, the graph said. That's <laughs> just data. Data. Science. That's science. It can't be argued. Wrestling being low is not surprising because I think... I forget what the stat is, but it's like one of the most, the highest percentage of first generation college. The most, which is crazy with football and basketball in the mix too. That could be, I don't know if that's division one though. That could be all encompassing still colleges. And this is just division one stats. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to wrestling. It's okay. You know what? Shout out to wrestling for dog shit grades. Why? (laughs) Yes. What? C's get degrees, man. 
Well, what is a 2.0 average? Sometimes. Is a 2.0 like a D yeah, or that's a, C? a C? A C? It's a regular C. Listen, this this GPA requirement would have been elusive for me in high school. High school CP would. Are been you kidding me? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> that was what do you mean? You were like uh, drinking behind drinking YooHoo and rum behind the seesaw, or what? <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin's a good man. No, I haven't. Um, no, I didn't do anything like that in high school except to get bad grades. I just had bad grades. I feel what? like you have to like try. I had a point at one point my junior year. I had a. I had a .9 GPA. I, are you kidding me right now? I don't. I I don't JD, do you really believe this? Uh, he has said it many times. I could. I could probably. I guess I could get the transcripts. Wait, why? I I, I failed. Okay. I failed classes, Ben. I was bad Wait, at school. Okay, Christian, you don't seem like a dummy. Um, from That's, my interactions with you, it's a facade. And every kid I know who got that type of grades was like it's an effort issue, smoking joints, skipping school. <laughs> partying like these type of things there was none of them that were like i'm trying really hard and i got a, a 0.9 that didn't happen well it happened for me um i would say what i literally went in every day er early for extra help with uh with this math class that i've that i wound up failing well i'm oh, not man. i'm not very not very smart um yeah a lot of people well, get surprised fooled all of us yeah um Bad student. My bro my brothers uh, were better students than me. Yeah, I was a bad student. Oh. So then okay. you, but then if you eventually got good grades, yeah, I did. Right? That's okay. Because there's stop. I stopped having to do this math class in school, and then uh, eventually it was better. And I, I also I bombed uh, chemistry bad, very bad. Oh, I hated chemistry. That was oh, one of the worst class. It was so bad. Um, People probably think I got bad grades because I mean, just look at me. But. <laughs> Uh, I did okay for myself. I'm not surprised to, to learn that. JD, JD's on his... He, uh, he works hard and he plays hard. That's the JD way, as they say. Gable mm -hmm. method. Look at, <laughs> look at this Fu Manchu. Um, yeah, shout out to me for being... I, I'm, I'm not embarrassed about getting bad grades. Um, okay. So that's the rules, rule changes. I, I would love to get more perspective from other college coaches on the good and the bad out of the changes, but ultimately I'm excited and especially excited about the the uh, the freshmen that can wrestle, so that'll be cool. Okay. Um, we're going to – Ben, we, we declared on the show last week or two weeks ago – well, you weren't on. We're going to use our, our media power and influence to get – and propaganda if necessary. If necessary – Propaganda the, is always necessary. To get the grounded rule change. We will use propaganda. Oh, let's do it. I'm so in. I'm all the way in. Uh, I think it's got a little heat. I think it's got a little bit of momentum. You know, one of the uh, UWW vice presidents reached out to Kozak after we dropped this video. So I'd say we've got a little momentum in the let's right go. direction. I think they recognize it is just a preposterous rule that no so one blames anyone for using. And um, yeah, it's time to go. So if you haven't checked out the article or video many of you did thank you thank you so many of you for watching please distribute it um to anyone so can i tell can i give you the one counterpoint and so this will we need to if you if we're going to do this we need to know kind of that's see, that's the thing about propaganda ben you can't allow no, any no, dissenting no, information okay that's cool I'm just kidding. But we're gonna we're gonna have great propaganda okay because any the problem with propaganda and this is why stalin had to shoot all the smart people is they listen to the propaganda and said, that ain't true. 
Right. And then Stalin said, ah, oh, you got a problem with this? I'm going to send you to the concentration camps and then shoot you. This is what happened. Right. I don't know. Some people don't That's know That's not history. part of they my put... plan for this. At okay, this hold point. on. So Christian was not going to shoot anyone. Uh, Stalin, very bad man. Some people think he's good. Not good. Not a good guy. Shot a not lot a of good, people. Not a good guy. Not a good guy. Okay. So the one part we will have to solve in our propaganda <laughs> here to make it good propaganda is if wrestler A takes wrestler B down, wrestler B is on bottom. Therefore, if they go out of bounds, um, right, it is actually grounded because the takedown has been given up. Mm -hmm. But what about when wrestler A gets a takedown, wrestler B off bottom creates a scramble, right? This has happened a lot, but it does happen. And then they go out of bounds. When is the neutral position reestablished? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. Um, so that that's kind of the trick. I think it's I think it's when there's um, an actual like in my estimation, it would be when there's an actual break in action. Because say like even if I get to say rear standing, the bottom guy can or the top guy can then very easily push the bottom guy out of bounds. Um, but you could also say, well, it's his choice to stand up. So if he's a dumb dumb and he stands up and gets pushed out, I actually did this one time. Not a good idea. If I get pushed out, then I give up a point. Um, but, you know, there are those scrambles where they give a takedown and then they're on their knees and then they go out of bounds. And what we're trying to say is that should be, you know, there should be no grounded on your knees. But um, if they've already gotten taken down, does they get washed somehow? Maybe um, the, the step out can return back into play when either one, the ref brings them up, obviously, or two, they yep. break contact uh, at some point. Yeah, so it's in break contact. Break contact, and then it's like, okay, the ref doesn't have to blow them up necessarily, but they break contact. Or, um, I don't even know if I would want to say both come to their feet because you could technically be rear, like you yeah. described, rear standing, come to your feet. That is, I guess the other thing there too is if if you are a you have already given a takedown, so I guess in in one sense you have been punished enough because you've already given up the two points. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. it's not like there's been no points scored. You've already given up two points. Um, and it is a situation that doesn't, so the ref would have to reestablish, okay, they are in neutral position. We, you know, we're out of a controlled scenario. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would probably be how you do it. Um, those are definitely rare, rarer circumstances than what it we're happens though. It's, it's not, it's for not sure. never. Yeah, I know they should have a plan for it for sure. Um, but I, th I think you can do it. Okay. Relatively now simple. I'm all in. Let's go. Let's get this train rolling. What do we got to do? Right. Uh, well, start a petition on change.org. I think it's going to help. Um, no. Um, I don't know. I'll just make compelling media. Uh, is, that's what we're going to do. I don't know what else you can do. Talk we, to the people who... We did the one article already. Um, I don't know. I, I would probably... I'm going to call Rich Bender about it and be like, yeah, what do you think okay. about this? Is this a good idea? Because he's I mean, obviously... Uh, there's... I tried. I, I tried to. Um, a ref tried to defend it one time to me. Oh man! And and let me tell you, he made no good points. Zero. No good car ideas. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I cannot think of a point that could be made. Uh, There's no good points. We need to see. We need to have someone on here who loves the grounded rule. I know. And then let them try to argue it because I, I don't think any of us are argue, are going to argue for grounded. Like I have zero good arguments. Um, yeah, I mean, I have I have a lot of arguments why it shouldn't be a point, like because it, it encourages bad wrestling, because it makes it more confusing. Like I have a lot of arguments on the other side, but I have no yeah. arguments for like 
why grounded should stay grounded. There's uh, to me, there's not even one good argument. Maybe someone in the chat can have a good argument. All right, here it is. We'll lay it out there. Open invitation. You can come on the biggest freaking show in wrestling and argue your point. If you like grounding and you're serious about it, you can come on and talk to us about it. And um, call the voicemail. Yeah, call the voicemail. You can do that. And if you're really compelling on the voicemail, maybe you'll get uh, pulled up to the majors. You get to get on a call with... What's the voicemail number? 515-509-5071. It's also in the description of every show, so you don't got to just remember. Just look at the episode description. Call tall free. I don't even know if that's true, but if you say it, then... There's, they're more likely to call. So I don't believe anyone is told for calls anymore. Yeah, who gets told? Um, there's right. no more tolling. Um, okay, so we're we're all for it. If you haven't watched it, this would be a much better segment if if one of us uh, took the counterpoint. But I ain't taking it because I got, I got no good arguments for it. Well, honestly, it would be I would do it, but I couldn't even fabricate. A, That's what uh, I'm saying. I couldn't even I think fabricate. of one. There's no what good reasons. There's it's zero. like you get brought to the edge and you drop to your knees. It's like, what? Why is that even real? Casey McWhorter yeah. says he's going to prepare an argument. Um, I, I really genuinely, I mean, I, I like thinking deeply about wrestling and wrestling positions and why things work. And I, I don't, I've thought about this a lot. I think there's zero good arguments, which is why it should be so obvious that it's a change. If you can't make a good argument to why a grounded wrestler should not be penalized for going out of bounds. I make it. I don't know what it is. I really yeah. don't. And the crazy thing is if you do it right and you ground yourself, you can't even give up because you're sort of, if you're turtled up like like a lot of these guys end up, you're sort of susceptible yeah. to a go behind. But if your feet are towards the out of bounds and they have to go out of bounds to get it, <laughs> then can't go you can't do you. it. And if you're David Taylor, you might step out trying to go behind and give up a point while your opponent is yes. just on both yes. knees, which is it's just so the dumb. most... The height of insanity. Um, the this is a real rule. Honestly, I'm going to say it. You can yell at me. Anyone can yell at me. This is this. The grounded rule is worse than any rule in folk style wrestling. Any of them. Oh, there's nothing, yeah. There's That's nothing not close. close. Nothing. There's nothing close. There's nothing close. Um, so, sorry. Sorry, I know a lot of you guys love folk style. I love folk style. Or, or freestyle. So that was argument. I, love, I think that was argument against freestyle. Yeah, yeah. freestyle. A lot. Of, well, a lot of people on this show think freestyle rule set is better, and I think it's a case we've actually made, Ben. Because no, I, talked- I think it's. Um, you know what? You know what? I've started describing this as Christian to people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've said this on the show yet. Now you have multiple children. You have young Natalie and Caleb. Yes, you have made this analogy. I have. Oh, I don't. Who know do you that. love more, Christian? Oh, I, I don't. I, yeah, that's how no. I feel about freestyle folks. Though I love them both. I don't need to choose one. I have no desire to choose one. Um, I think both of them have their flaws. Unfortunately, they're not they're not perfect forms of combat. Um, and I accept them for what they are, and they're, they're a little different. Now, there's things that both of them could do to make themselves better, of course. Um, but I don't really feel the need or desire to choose one or the other. Yeah, for. Freestyle, she needs to stop leaving her socks laying around in the house at all places. <laughs> and for folk style. That's <laughs> uh, funny. Yeah. She's come downstairs. There's always like a pair of socks like in the middle of the... It's like, Natalie, just put them in the... Anyways. Oh, 
Keith Gothard, geez, I love your takes most time, Keith, but Gre- Greco is like the uh, is like the child I will not acknowledge. Listen, that is not my baby. Be not like, listen, my baby. Listen, I don't know who impregnated that woman. You call Maury. Christian, it doesn't. It has curly hair, but it ain't mine. It's There's lots mine. of curly haired children. That doesn't mean it. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, 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 Keith. I, well, you can't you can't be wrong. You're not necessarily wrong because there's no right or wrong. But in my opinion, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Okie doke. Okay, so just tell me. You tell me. Uh, we'll line the troops up. We'll get rid of this ground and rule. I don't know what we got to do. Let's march on this because it, it's yeah. been around for too long. It's 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 affected the result of too many matches. It affects negatively the way the wrestling looks, right? Because they're doing these weird shits just to be grounded. This is not real. These aren't real wrestling maneuvers that they're doing mm-hmm. they're just trying to be on their knees so when they go out of bounds there's no points they're not real wrestling things so it affects the results of match because it's one of the positions that referees call many different ways it affects wrestling the way it looks because people are trying to do these stupid things to not give up a point um let's get rid of it everything yeah. will be much better if we get rid of it did you know a thing i learned at final x new york um what so all right let's say you and i are wrestling ben and uh, yeah. believe me, it's close, you and me right now. And uh-huh. wizard, I wizard down, wizard seatbelt, and both our hands touch out of bounds. But no head, yep. no elbow, no foot, yes. no nothing. But we're on our knees, hand touches, yep. okay? Um, did you know that they can, they're supposed to award a step out there for the person whose upper body is hovering over the out of bounds? I thought you, what one hand out is not out of bounds. I thought exactly. I thought they had to wait till a head hit down. No. So I Are looked sure? this up. Yes, I'm positive. It's literally you know that vid, the rule. If you watch the, um, if you look at our article, the ground rule. That's is broken. not how they call it though. Christian. It's not. But hold on. Let me let me go here. Give me 34 oh, seconds. All right, go. If you watch that video in the article, this the ref uh, it literally outlines this exact point, and then. If you remember watching Final X New York, I was very surprised when Evan Henderson, when Yanni was given that step out because the head did not touch. But it doesn't matter that Evan Henderson's head didn't touch because both hands were out of bounds and his upper body, you know, the head, chest was hovering out of bounds. So that is a one point step out, even though he didn't step out with 10 seconds to spare, Ben. Boom. Look at that. Uh, I did not know that rule. Um, that rule seems patently absurd. Yep. Let's do. Let's get rid of that one too. Yes. Let's get rid of that um, bad rule. And also, I, I okay. Here, make... while while we're going, while we're just fixing everything, yeah. what is what is wrong? Why isn't a hand a step out? That's my thing. Make the out of bounds hot lava. It's lava. Just incinerate the hands. Now, when you except go from you, you got to put your hand behind your back. You can't use it anymore. You only got one hand. You just gotta levitate because yep. you can't let your face touch either. Down blocks, baby. Down blocks. Yeah, face I think blocks. hands should be out of bounds too. I agree. Yeah, why not? Make it even more simple. The rule you you just said, I I don't think I've seen applied because uh, they usually let that one go till a head hits almost yeah, it's every hard time. Hard to judge if you need to you need to be like over top. If you're on the other side, you can't really see like. 
right? His head's yeah. hovering over. Well, well, Ben, to your point, they don't. It's not called consistently. And that's a big that's point of the video is like, look at these identical scenarios called completely differently. This time it's zero. This time it's caution one. This time it's a step out. This time yeah. the wizard seatbelt thing. Um, there's a lot of a takedown. And you're like, wait, that's not a takedown. So well, like for it's apparently it's a takedown today. Yep. So that's a that's a big problem. Um, but yeah, so I figured you probably didn't know that rule. I certainly didn't know that rule. Um, the ref in the Yanni Henderson match did know the rule, but the ref in the Dayton fix Thomas Gilman match from 2019 did not know the rule because the exact same thing happened with Dayton and they didn't call it one. And hence David, uh, Dayton's, um, incredulousness when all these things were now called one point step outs that in previous matches of his weren't, which that's highly unfortunate for someone, especially given the stakes. So anyways, yeah. um, we're going, we're going for it. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all in. We talked about this uh, a little bit last week, but, um, wanted to get Ben's thoughts before we move on. Jordan officially announcing he's retiring after 2024. Um, ben, your thoughts? Uh, he had a long run. Uh, there's very few people who have done that many years, right? He started in 11. 2011 was his first international year. Um, people who've had a 13 year international career, you could probably list them on two hands. Um, there's not a lot. It's really rare. Uh, we talk about this. I think it's great that more and more people are, are wrestling longer. This is starting to happen, but, um, I would say of of the current crop, he's he's a trailblazer here because no no I don't think there's anyone before him that did it right. And then that that say ten year window prior to that, uh, I mean, who was the last person to do it? Bruce Baumgartner to to literally just hold a spot for that long for that extended yeah, so, period or, of time. Or just let's be even in the mix. say let's not even limit it that much. Let's say be really competitive, be like uh, a number one, two or three guy for. Uh, an almost 15 year window. I mean, Bruce obviously is the obvious one. Dave Schultz did it. Um, but those are both, you know, ending pre 2000. Um, you know, so let's say 90 after post 96 to say 2010. I don't think there was anybody. Mm -mm. I feel like Joe Williams had a really long run there. He made a team in seven. Um, but I mean, I don't know how much he was. Uh, in. His first team was what? I think he, he made, graduated he made, like 90, 90. he made the 99 team, I think. And then Slay beat him in 2000. Yeah. Right? So that was no, a, I don't know. Eight, eight. I'm just saying I'm pretty sure that's in the yes, mix. I almost haven't been sure that was the case. Because Gutches, I think, made the team in 98. And then I want to say, uh, if I'm not if I'm wrong, I'm I'm not far off here. And then Williams made the team in 99, got beat by Joe, got beat by Brandon Slay in 2000, then made the team in 2001, all the way till I think 2004. Five and 2006, I think he got knocked off by, I think Prit, it was see, it was Pritzloff, then Heskett, then me at, at that weight class. So 2005, and then made the team up weight class in 2007. So that's, a, that's an eight year window, which is relatively long. Um, but you know, Burroughs is 13 years. Okay. So yeah, I, I can't really think of I can't really think of anyone else. That Joe Williams, I mean, Cormier was a, a six year window where he. He made the team every year, 2003 to 2008, and that was kind of, you know, he was the old man on the team for sure. Um, Bill Zadick made a team in 2006. He was older, but I don't think he'd ever made a team prior to that. I think that was the first time he made the team was 2006, and he actually won the world title at 66. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting after uh, Jordan's retired, like how long, who's, who's, uh, what's going on in the chat, JD? Uh, We're talking new 23s. We we blasting haters. Um, We, is like Snyder, think about Kyle, like how long he's going to go and is he going to have like 15 year, 20 year kind of thing? Not 20, that's pretty ridiculous. I mean, honestly, well, now, you know, David Taylor and Kyle Dick, Dick, what, 13 graduate, and and David's a 14 graduate. Um, So, you know, so they're going, they're getting close to a decade already, which is pretty rare. Um, Yeah, and then, you know, it feels like some of these other guys, you know, Cox, Gilman, Snyder, that they're not going to slow down anytime soon either. Um, So we're going to have a bunch of dudes who are, you know, like I said, when you look at that 96 to 2010 window, kind of no one did. So Burroughs was essentially a trailblazer in, you know, the guys who are sticking around longer uh, and continuing to have success. Yep. Uh, other news, Yanni is going to accept the uh, U23 spot at 65 kilograms. He uh, screenshotted his email to Joe Russell a la Thomas Gilman fashion. And so he, if if you didn't know this, we talked about it, I think, last week, that if you make the national team, you're on the U23 world team if you're U23 eligible, if you want it. Um, so Carter Storacci, he's going to be the guy there. Uh, Yanni at 65. Obviously, these are our best options. Keith, David Carr at 74. David Carr, yep. 57, it could be Vito. Um, the other three have publicly stated their intention. Vito has not yet. So as of right now, it's Anthony Noto because he won you 23 nationals. Yeah. Um, Keith Gothard's been yelling about this uh, in the chat for a while, and he says he can't believe that people didn't know that this was the rule, that you can steal this. It's like, bro, who? how would you know this? Most coaches didn't know this. Uh, you, they, you, because think about it. One, the, the rule had long been if you make the national team, you get the wrestle off. That had been the rule for – yeah. As long as I can remember. And then now only this year, and where did you see it publicized in any way? It's probably just... DMAT.com, it's, it's um, the world team selection criteria. Exactly. That's like, that they post every year. You're right. But that's like a buried thing that's not like publicized or anything. No one's saying like, hey, rule changes are out there. It's just something that gets uploaded on this giant website. So, yeah, most people didn't know. Many coaches didn't know. Ben Askren didn't know. Um, no, no. A lot of people. Didn't it, know. it does seem preposterous to me, and I know as a competitor how I would feel um, if I went and wrestled a tournament and I won said tournament, and then some dude ain't even got to beat me. He just says I want it, and then I'm out. Like I hate that. It's, it feels it feels a lot like it takes away um, from the meaning of the tournament. And obviously, Christian, I see I see the argument for sure, and it, it's actually a hard one to refute. Um, but you, it feels like you should at the very least give them the option of a wrestle-off, right? You're probably going to do a U23 training camp. Just do it there, right? I mean, listen, if, if I win the tournament and I'm not as we'll say I'm 65, I'm not as good as Yanni, um, but I get to go to Worlds, and Yanni says, no, nah, I want to go to Worlds. At least let me take an ass-whooping, right? Yeah. If, I, if, I want, if I want to go to Worlds, I'm willing to go get beat up by Yanni to try to, try to go. I'll see why not. If, if we're doing a training camp, we're already there anyways. Who cares? Yeah, that's how they should do it. I remember that's what they uh, – I was there for this. The 2014 national team camp, Nashawn Garrett and Matt McDonough wrestled off two out of three. 
and um, McDonough won. So that seems to me make more sense than make two dudes plus coaches fly to Fargo, that whole rigmarole. I do understand yeah. that that is kind of a waste of time and money, but if you're going to be going doing yeah. it at camp, um, that that makes sense to me. But that's not how they're going to do it. And to be fair, you really Could want have gone to seniors. You know, seniors, Anthony Noto, and just all you have to do is make the national team. You have to beat Dap DeShazer. And uh, that's that, 57. Oh, well, what's the veto's weight? 57. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, DeShazer's 61. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Well, he was a 57 years ago. Yeah, um, Olympic year. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's my, my thought. Like, go ahead and make the team or try to make the national team. But, yeah, it is kind of – it does limit the impact of – If you didn't know, threes. it's very unfortunate. If you didn't know, it is unfortunate if you thought you were on a world team. Yes. Yeah. But your coaches should know. Your coaches should know. Um, maybe I should know, but I didn't. Okay. Well, I am uh, very good timing here. We have this new security system. Oh. I just got logged out, so I got to log back in so I can. Logged uh, out of what? Of the, um, what you call it, the, the show doc. Hey, did y'all see Iowa put up a historic performance at Junior Duels? They just bought it. I can't Correct. believe it took you an hour and one minute to bring this up, JD. <laughs> I fully expected this to be like. I should have come on and flex on you right away. 817. 8-17 is going to happen. I can't believe we're at 916 and you're just bringing it up. I know. That's crazy. One hour. But yeah, Iowa just, they brought a, a pulse. The only the only close duel was the Greco final. Besides that, it was utter domination. Yeah. Let me ask you this, um, JD. How did they? If you know, how did they convince all their best guys to go? So like, um, not I'm not saying Wisconsin would have beat them, right? But um, say you know Clayton Whiting went to college. He didn't wrestle 195. Um, Coy Hopke at 220 on the Cadet World Team, so he didn't compete on the team. Whereas like a Ben Keeter, he's on the Junior World Team. He still wrestled, right? Um, how did they convince? Because it feels like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like all of the best guys in Iowa were on that team. And I, and I know much, yes. a lot of them. Yeah, yep. okay, yeah. So um, how'd they do that? Brent Jennings, who's like the head Iowa USA wrestling guy, talks about it a little bit. He did an interview, but it's basically just like they all wanted to. They like each other since Iowa won freestyle last year. It was uh, that convinced a lot of guys like, oh, dang, like we can go here and win a title. Like that'd be cool. Let's do it. Um, a lot of these guys are friends, and they're really good. They like freestyle. So there's mm. – like Jennings said, he's like, normally I have to convince – it's me working to convince a lot of top guys. This year it was literally turning people away who wanted to be on the really? team. Yeah, you yeah, think – I, I feel like – Especially those upper weights, a lot of them are seniors, and they um, – you know, a lot yeah. of seniors are kind of hard to get because they're kind of – a lot of them are going off to college and training like that, and they had, you know uh, – was that Wyatt Volker and Ben Keeter and um, well, Hunter Garvin and Aiden who else? Riggins. Mm-hmm. Aiden Riggins, yep. Who beat Jordan Williams. Yeah. So there's – um, I feel like this this happens sometimes where, like, you get a crop of a really tough stay and the kids just all come. Like, I feel like this happened with Oklahoma in, like, 14, 15 when it was, like, Dayton, Cade, JoJo, all those guys all, all wrestling – Illinois with the the Oak Park dynamic. I remember, yeah, um, Kamal Bay and Larry and all the all those guys showing out. So 
I think it it happens like that sometimes, and yeah, I think to JD's point, it's just probably a fun thing to do. You're good, and yeah, good for Iowa. Yes, sir. They yep. they did really well. Um, what are the uh, what were the best matches that happened? So I, I watched a lot of miles as a team Wisconsin, the guys that I was coaching. Um, I did, I did look through some of the results for the Iowa guys because you know the gold pool. Um, what are there any really, really high-level matches that I, uh, you guys were interested in? I pretty much just watched Team Iowa. <laughs> so, Riggins-Williams, uh, describe that match. Williams, I feel like Williams didn't have a good tournament. Let me find his team because I feel like he lost to somebody else also. Yeah, he's an Oklahoma interesting Blue. prospect to me. I, I have, It could go a lot of different directions with Jordan. Um you know, if you recall, there was a time where he was like, man, I think I'm done with wrestling altogether. And then he came back and I forget who said someone called him and was like, hey, man, you should not quit wrestling. You're really good. And kind of he lost he lost to uh, he lost to Jed Wester of uh, Minnesota, who was good. But I know Jed Wester because he lost to both Zane Licht and Ethan Riddle this spring. And I watched him. And so the kid's tough. But when he beat Jordan Williams, I was like, wait, come on. How'd that happen? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. So that was that was one. And then, um, uh, but, you know, Oklahoma's super deep because the, the K.J. Evans kid was really good. They had him at 52 also. Um, and then there was uh, another kid they have that's really good who didn't come, obviously, but who's uh, in the rankings pretty high. What the hell is his name? I don't know. I'm not the guy to ask. Man, you need to know these high school uh, rankings. Wait. No. 160. Oh, Ferrari. Duh. Come on. You know that one. Okay. Um, let's move off of junior <laughs> duels. Oh, there's another Oklahoma guy. Uh, I don't know this guy. John Wiley. He's pretty good. He's very good. Yeah, he beat. He did something recently. Not junior duels related. So they got uh they have four good guys. They have KG Evans, Jordan Williams, Angelo Ferrari, and John Wiley. All right, want to get to some other odds and ends before we go. Uh, Christian's done with Oklahoma done. talk. Get them done. out of here. Beat it. Uh, beat it, Junior Duels. Uh, want to get to some questions. One, this is an interesting one from Sam Cooper. Uh, Penn State has a rich history of turning true and retro freshmen into national champions. Who will be the next? PSU freshman to win. Well, who's the true freshman? Uh, Mark Hall won it. Oh, yeah, Mark Hall. Yeah, um, uh, I mean, uh, part of me, part of me says, uh, when you when they're true freshmen, you don't really maybe turn them into all that much. They were kind of a lot of that when they came in. Um, yes. And I am Team Penn State develops guys, but you know, true freshmen. Um. Well, Levi Haynes is good. Um, who else? Well, I would say Van Ness is Van interesting. Ness? We don't know. He wrestled, I much. think, two matches last year, so very tough to to really know for sure. Um, um, wasn't he at 149, though? Yeah, he's totally beaten Yanni this year. Yeah, he wrestled 149. So, Yeah, that'll be tough. With John Diakamahalis. Could make some noise, though, for sure. Um, I don't see Facundo, but, man, he, he yeah. looked good at juniors. Uh, but then there's, like, the whole dynamic of juniors wasn't that great. 
Um, he was 12 and three as a red shirt, lost to Bullard fish and John Martin best. So yeah, fish kind of got killed this spring and freestyle stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. So. so like Chinzo was interesting because he had the, um, he did three opens as a true freshman, but remember I, people were not going into the 16, 17 season. People weren't like Chinzo's going to push for a title. It was like, yeah, it was. I mean, it was sort even of going like, in the NCAA tournament. Even going there into no NCAAs, no one was saying it. This guy didn't what didn't make the Big Ten finals or anything like that. Um, he was good. You you knew he was like, I right, this guy is probably going to place. Um, but you remember his first his like second match ever. He lost eighteen to twelve to Keaton Subject. So you're mm, like, okay, yeah. weird. But then, obviously, we know how this story ends with the pinfall of yes. Isaiah Martinez. Uh, but you look back, it's like, okay, was there anything that tipped us off? It's like he wrestled at 57 and 65. He kind of famously, uh, like, missed weight at the scuffle as a true freshman. A lot. And it was like, oh, man, that's kind of weird. But then, you know, he's undefeated that year. No amazing wins or anything that, like, it really keyed you into it. Um, so it can be surprising. I think Mark Hall pushing winning a title as a true freshman was not – all that shocking when it happened nope. because just how Three good he was. And even when he lost um, his first match or his first match pulled to, to Meyer, it was like, well, we'll see down the line. Um, I remember not selling the Mark Hall stock after that happened. He had won, he had won the, uh, that was the year he won the scuffle in the, uh, and he forgot a singlet, I'm pretty sure. But he beat, who did he beat? Hmm. He beat Crutchmer. And then he beat uh, Ryan Price, who was really good for Lehigh in that yeah, tournament. Really. So then you knew he was like the real deal. But so yeah, there's not as much info about like Shane, like how good he's going to be, and he's someone who he's had injury uh, stuff in his career. Would have been nice to see him at uh, juniors. Yeah, I feel like anytime you see that limited of mat time, it's like. Tough not to imagine yeah, not them great. in a year pushing for a national title. Um, mm -hmm. Then again, like, this is not a true freshman example, but, like, A.J. Ferrari was someone we hardly saw at all his senior year. And then he, we all know what he did his true freshman season. So, tough to say. Um, so that's a good question. Would we rather see Gable return to college or international wrestling? Well, this is so easy. This is so easy. I so mean, easy. College. International. Just kidding. International. <laughs> I was going to say, just get, you got to be kidding, right? Because there's yeah. no one that's competitive with a college. So, yep. Yeah, definitely want to see him. Him versus Zare. Him versus Zare. Want to see the Gino rematch um, for sure. I guess there's no one really else. And oh, Kozak is saying that the uh, wrestle off for Iran is like going to be really competitive. They've got another that heavy? super yeah. tough heavyweight there. Really? So, yep. Now, oh. Now, uh, Iran, like, has a totally wild – they basically have a different trials situation for every weight based, just based on whatever they want to have. Their process is <laughs> what a lot of Americans think the Russian process is. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's – we've got a, uh, a voicemail from Pete who is Ooh, in Washington. Fun. He has an idea for world team qualification, and I want to hear. Hey, guys. Pete calling here from the breadbasket of uh, American wrestling in Washington State. Um, I have a 
thought about the U.S. Open qualifying process. I'm wondering what you guys would think about doing something like the uh, UWW process where maybe you assign seeding points for the winners of, you know, say U.S. Open, Bill Farrell, et cetera, uh, and then just take the top eight seeds and, and throw them in the world team trials. I think, you know, if people uh, were constantly under threat of somebody else coming in and placing and uh, jumping over them in the, in the standings, then they would participate more. You'd have a, a real regular season of maybe three, four tournaments. Um, you could uh, assign some points for NCAA finishers. Um, might uh, might build more of a regular season in in domestic freestyle wrestling. What do you guys think? Uh, I know that I. I mean, I thought of one really easy pushback, and the really easy pushback is, what about injuries to our very best guys? How do you assign them points to keep them in the tournament? Because you obviously wouldn't want you know, a number one, two or three guy to miss the opportunity to make a team because he's injured and doesn't have enough points. Yeah, it, it's tough. I love the problem he's trying to solve because it's a real one. Yes, it's that, it is. You know, yeah, agreed. senior level wrestlers don't wrestle very much um, by and large. And there's there's obviously exceptions, but there's no, there's no freestyle season. There's no um, cadence to anything. It's totally chaotic. You have guys that that wrestle once every, you know, four, five, eight months in some cases, and they qualify for whatever. So I love that he's trying to solve the problem. I think ultimately a lot of these guys just don't want to wrestle a lot. And I don't think, I think it's going to be hard to push across anything that is, that could limit or punish our best wrestlers and kind of draw them out of not competing because I don't think, I don't think that's a main. I don't think it's a yeah. problem that every organization they, they in wrestling is trying to solve. Yeah, they don't I, see that as a problem. Um, I think ideally, like, yeah, it'd be great if these guys wrestled more, but it doesn't really hurt so, the bottom line of the those parties. So. I, I think you would agree with this, Christian. Is that and, and maybe this could be the solve for problem is so we're essentially t- talking about two different levels a little bit here. So number one, you have the domestic make the team level right mm-hmm. and then number two we're also trying to trying to solve for the same problem at the international level the, the world level right mm-hmm. and someone who's a number seven at the domestic level probably is not being all that competitive at the world level um so maybe you can make it where you don't because listen i would love it and i don't know if he would love it but if we had dake or taylor or burroughs or the russians wrestling Four to six times a year. Listen, we're not going to be a major sport with with Sedge Lag being twice a year. Not going to happen, right? So if they got points for competing in those international level tournaments, um, and obviously a lot of points because they're harder than, say, some of the domestic ones that are a little smaller fields, smaller, weaker fields. Um, So they got points for competing at those, then I think that maybe would solve for the problem on both levels, right? Because we do... You know, if if uh, if LeBron, uh, I don't I don't know who's big in basketball, so I'm just gonna say LeBron because he's like the only one I know, and I'm sure there's other people. But if LeBron only paid played four games a year, that's gonna hurt the NBA's viewership, mm-hmm. right? And that, but that's what's happening in wrestling, and so 100%. it's like we're we're looking, we want we want the best product out there, but we don't want the best players. We're not gonna have the best product without the best players. Just simply simply put, we're not. Um, so if uh, who's who's the best quarterback right now? Like Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers. We'll just say Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he still plays. Does he still play? He didn't retire. Yeah, he still plays. Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers only had to show up for two games a year, it's gonna hurt viewership, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
the wrestlers, I mean, they should have some type of understanding that um, wrestling is going to be less attractive if the best guys aren't doing it. If the people we want to watch aren't doing it, it's going to be less attractive. So, you know, if we could get Burroughs, Dake, Taylor, Sedulayev, these guys out there, honestly, probably six to eight times is probably more ideal. And those six to eight times don't have to be spread out evenly throughout the year. Um, it could be, I would be, I think as a competitor, they probably prefer to be more in a season format where maybe they, maybe they have a six month season where they wrestle like four times and then a little break and then Pan Ams and worlds or something to that effect. Right. Yeah. Um, and then they get five or six months off type of thing. But if we want great viewership, we do need to have people competing more frequently. Yeah, the the problem is the incentive is not tied to competition. The incentive is is yes. combined is tied to being a training partner for college wrestlers by and large. That's, yes, that's what 100%. you're paid to do. You're paid to be a room guy that helps develop the college guys. There's no one. There's no incentive for you to go and wrestle, or uh, at least tied to your to your salary, right? And yes, um, you know, and as far as starting something that has real um you know ties to some sort of a season it's like no one really seems on on the senior level side really wants to build they want to just start at the end of the line and get paid crazy amounts of money that just don't make sense and so a lot of the ideas are are doa because you've got guys that you've got a we had a wrestler that we had the thirty thousand dollar uh eight man bracket or twenty five twenty five thousand dollar eight man and we had a wrestler that wanted a twenty five thousand dollar show fee to just enter the to be in the tournament, right? So, it's so hard to the, the yeah. barrier to get these guys financially incentivized is like crazy high and way out incongruent with the type of revenue that they drive. So, that's the biggest obstacle in all this, um, as as far as I I see it. But yeah, I like the problem he's trying to solve. That and <clears throat> our top guys' goals have nothing to do with viewers. It, yeah. It's not like some fighter contracts where they get a cut of pay-per-views or, you know, to show money or whatever. Their goals are NCAA, post-NCAA, but Olympic world titles. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to and, what Christian says, so Christian has, has a great point here, is that, um, say, let's take a difference, but let's say tennis, right? Um, so if I'm a tennis player... No one, no one's paying the majority of my salary for me to, to show up and train with college kids, right? This is what you're saying, correct, yeah. Christian? Yep. Okay. And so, if I'm a tennis player and I want to get paid to do what I do, um, I'm going to show up at tournaments to win money, and I'm going to have sponsorships. But my sponsors are going to be pissed if I only show up to one tournament per year because, yeah. right? If I'm wearing uh, who sponsors tennis? Uh, Nike sponsors tennis, right? Yeah. If I'm paying christian to play tennis and he doesn't show up to play tennis i'm like bro why am i sponsoring you you're only showing up once a year this is freaking annoying you know and so they want them uh to show up a lot of times and so but when yes to when our athletes are being paid right for for these rtc positions which are either either one really one of two number one to just train right at some places which is fine whatever or number two to be college training partners that de-incentivizes them from um, wanting to compete all that much. And, you know, uh, I don't know. I know wrestling's hard. Um, and I, I know, I guess the argument to this would be fighters only compete three or four times a year, lots of times, right? Um, and there's enough of them to still 
generate revenue for the UFC, but with uh, and pretty much any other any other sport, tennis, golf, et cetera, et cetera, these, these people compete a lot, very frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Um, so it's tough problem to solve for sure. Okay, um, well, let's go on that sobering right. note about the future of freestyle wrestling and the professionalizing of our sport. We will leave. We're calling it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will be back tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Ben for being back. Thanks to you for listening. Hope you guys have a great Tuesday. And we'll see you on Wednesday. Goodbye. Thank you.